KC Press Box, where you get the sports headlines that you care about. Plus, learn to make cold, hard cash with the Sportsbook 101 that teaches you every aspect of sports investing. we got to talk about Bobby Witt Jr. What's the deal here? Is this guy actually make the team? I do think the Royals will probably keep him down to start the year. St. Bonaventure and LSU. LSU prevails on that one. I like that game a lot. The lineup is ready. The players are set. And now, let's head to the KC Press Box with your hosts, Steve Serrano and Dave O. We are back. Show number two. Some people said we'd never return. (laughs) Others just said we made too much money for them. And then others went on road trips again. Steve, starting with you, Davo. Uh, welcome to the KC Press Box. You went on another road trip? Yeah, I went up to Iowa again, and you didn't join me. I, you were at the lake, supposedly, with, yeah, you with went, your hot wife. You went on a Sunday. She's always going to make the show somehow. Um, you went on a Sunday, again, a late trip back to Iowa. Explain why you're going to Iowa in the first place, just in case anybody missed show number one in regards well, to your uh, your sports investment up there. Yes, well, since we live in Missouri or Kansas in this area uh, as we talked about we do expect kansas to be legal for sports betting i would say by october possibly in september missouri possibly by the end of the year but right now if you want to make a wager if you find a really really good solid investment you need to drive up to iowa to do it legally and i believe in of course doing things legally it's an hour and 45 minutes from kansas city up to lamoni or lamoni iowa and you can, literally just have to cross the border yeah can somebody listening by the way send us a note on our website kcpressbox.com how do you pronounce that is it lamoni or lamoni somebody out there knows if you can hit us up on our website kcpressbox.com you go to like a come and go it's a come and go yes there's a a gas station right there it's right some beef jerky or something (laughs) no but there is an amish uh it's a huge amish uh gas station or or i should say like country county store whatever they call it yeah yeah, they sell everything in there yeah they had like a hundred different jams so i I haven't got in there yet but but yeah i went up there on sunday i had to get my uh some some money on florida state which was a monday night game and that was a very very profitable decision for me i took so it was it was worth your iowa trip yes have you counted Calculated how much money you spend on gas, how many things of beef jerky you purchase, and how much jam you buy from the yeah, Amish. It's about 40 feet how much jam from the Amish. They have good cheese, too, by the way. Great cheese. They do, yeah. It's, it's amazing. My wife is actually from Jamesport. Really? Jamesport, a very big Amish town, yeah. I thought she was from Chillicothe. Well, Chillicothe, Jamesport, very oh. close. She lived there in, in Jamesport a little bit. I didn't know that one. Maybe we should do the show live from Jamesport Maybe one day. Maybe we should do it with, you, with your wife sometime. All right. Have her well, on the show. But no. We've got a lot to talk I about today. I answer your question, right, though. Sorry, you, you asked me how much I spend yeah, on the... Beef jerky jam well, and all you know, that. 40 bucks or so, everything for one trip, so... But... It more than paid for it majority of the time. I'd say I'd say three out of four trips end up being profitable. All right, lots to talk about today. Minus the jam, minus the uh, the beef jerky today. Uh, a lot of stuff happening again here locally with the Kansas City Royals. Uh, very close to starting the season. Kansas City Chiefs again, a lot of free agents, and then obviously March Madness was an absolute uh, mess when it came to people's brackets. I think again, even uh, social media wise, I don't think there's any perfect brackets dude that are out there and i think that's one of the first times after like the first two days <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was that's like ever two, happened like two days in there was already out of millions of millions yeah if, if you got if you're listening right now and you got at least eight of the 16 then you're lying then you're lying well i got nine oh, okay but if you got eight i'm saying you need to give yourself a pat in the back i mean if you got eight of those 16 i got nine and i feel lucky like it, it, that's brutal i mean you got oral roberts in there and oregon state and- which by the way we'll talk about later 
not even a verified Twitter account. Yeah, I know. Oral Roberts' <laughs> yeah. basketball team. I think they just did, though, today. Congratulations They finally got the blue check mark. So a lot to talk about March Madness. Plus, also, uh, later in the show, if you've missed it, uh, we'll do Sportsbook 101 and really talk about the investment when it comes to betting, sports betting legally, um, and how we can try to help you um, make the right decisions when it comes to the sports investments that you have. So a lot to talk about today on the show. Let's do things. Uh, we'll start off with our headlines. The KC Press Box Headlines. All right. Uh, first things first, let's jump into the Kansas City Royals. Uh, all over the, the news, Salvador Perez locked in for four years, uh, a ton, almost close to $100 million. The question is that I have for you, David, can he really even play another four years as a catcher with the Royals or not? That's a good question, especially when you consider that contract doesn't kick in until 2022. So essentially, it's a five-year contract with an option year. Dayton Morales does those options at the end. And they never pick him up. It's just a way to give guys guys more money that last year on the buyout but yeah you're right i mean it is close to 100 million four years and 82 and then you know plus what he makes this year so he's looking at upwards of a hundred million that's a good question because he's going to be 35 years old at the end of that contract and and honestly for salvador perez to be worth here's the here's it's two part though right okay so first of all the royals are doing him right because he's been i think if you go by wins above replacement and what he should have been making he should have already netted like over 200 million dollars in his career and he has not made close made like less than half of that obviously so some of it's what he's already done for the organization and i think it's knowing that they have a lot of great young pitching coming up and he's great at handling uh young pitching and obviously he's gotten a lead bat at catcher but that gets me to the next thing does he stick at catcher because if he doesn't stick at catcher that could be kind of a, a, has, a bad deal has there us. ever really been a good catcher that's had to move to first base the last time i kind of like remember the royals was that mike mcfarland that used to move over there yeah, or sweeney sweeney, sweeney, did sweeney did it for a little bit too but most of those guys are really good hitters yeah that move from catcher to first base and then Obviously, as a former catcher myself, your knees can only last so long, too. So can he even play another four years based on his knees? Well, to answer your question, the only good situation I can remember recently is Joe Maurer. Went okay. For the Twins, went to first base. But he was never that great of a hitter for first base, though. Sure. He didn't have the power, so that didn't work out great. I mean, even the Royals have a guy now, Carlos Santana, who they signed, yeah. who's going to DH or play some first. And he used to be a catcher when he came up. But to answer your question, it's rare for that to work. And I do think the one good thing about – there's two things to think about here with Salvi. Number one – um, he did miss uh, basically two years. I mean, he had that yeah, year where true. he had the Tommy John. So his knees were safe for that year. Then last year, he had the eye problems in a short season. So essentially, he hasn't put any wear and tear in his body in two years, which I think will help. Uh, the, the second thing um, to look at when you look at Salvador Perez is is just, you know, what's going to end up happening at the those last year or two. Be, the good thing right now is the Royals have hardly no money on the books past this year. Danny Duffy comes off the books this year. Sure. I mean, you got Solaire comes off the books this year, Dan, you know, so, and, and the young players, your Bobby Witts, who will eventually come back up and, and, and the young pitchers, they're not going to hit arbitration and make a lot more money for three to four years. So the timing of it works out pretty well. You're doing Salvi right. You have him uh, as your, you know, as the, I mean, he really is the lock of that team. He's the, he's the, you know, the heart and soul of it. So. I got to ask you then, cause you bring it up, Bobby Witt Jr. Mm-hmm. They made the announcement that he is going to stay in the minors. And I saw a lot of people, on social media wise some um into sports some just as fans some disagree Mm -hmm. they say that uh you know new ownership is making the wrong decision Mm -hmm. to put him in the minors why not try to win now and why are we waiting until the middle of what may until he could actually come up and not count against his five-year term the service time yeah that's like it's 
until the clock gets going. But yeah, uh, I think it's the right move. I mean, you look at the guy's never played above rookie ball. I mean, he had about a hundred at bats in rookie ball the year he got drafted, struggled. Last year there was no minor league season, and, and people are basing this off of thirty or forty spring training at bats. The guy is still striking out at a decent level in spring this year. But how excited? I mean, we were watching the yeah. game on TV. Uh-huh. You sent me a text message. Yeah. And, and literally it's like Must watch. It's like he's up next. He's up yeah. next. Commercial break. Yeah. Darn it, we got out. I want to see him back. I mean, the excitement is brought back to the Royals because of this kid. But again. the kid's 20 years old, right? And, and let's let's comparison sake. Let's say he's, you know, let's say Fernando Tatis Jr., the shortstop for the Padres who got that big deal. You know, he got nearly a thousand at bats in the minor leagues before he came up. So I think it's the responsible move. The kid's only 20. Do I think he's ready? Possibly, but let's let him prove it and come up second half of the year. And, and let's hope that this current Royals bunch will provide enough excitement on its own. All right, a lot of more, uh, a lot more to talk about when it comes to the Kansas City Royals. Obviously, opening day just around the corner. We'll preview a lot of that coming up next week on our show. Uh, let's keep it in house of Kansas City. The Chiefs, uh, a lot of free agents. Um, Obviously, you saw a ton of the uh, the signees that showed up at Arrowhead and, and, and ton of ink being signed and some free agents that are even here at Arrowhead but have not signed. What's going on here with this? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit frustrating, and I see people just absolutely having a meltdown on social media, which is, I mean, anything can happen and people have meltdowns on social. It's kind of funny, right, to watch that. But it's the beauty of social media. Yeah, the Chiefs on. just about locked up Trent Williams at left tackle from the Niners. You know, they, they thought they had him, and at the last hour, the Niners came in and just barely offered more money. He even said the other day that he was it was darn close, and he thought he was going to come here. Mahomes was was recruiting him, and so the, you know the, the Chiefs almost got him with Tooney on the left side. It would have been instantly a top five offensive line that fell through, and then the Chiefs. Uh, had a corner from San Francisco, and this week that fell through. And then they were linked to T.Y. Hilton at wide receiver, and that fell through. So it does seem right. It's mildly concerning that Brett Feach and the Chiefs haven't been able to close the deal on any of these guys. Now, the Chiefs don't have an infinite amount of cap space, but they've still got 15, 16 million there. But Steve, what it's going to come down to now, it's going to be really important that the Chiefs have a good draft because you need to shore up. You need one to two good offensive linemen. I think you and I both think that there's a chance that Mitchell Schwartz. Yeah, we were talking about this. Back. A, a lunch today that Eric Fisher Schwartz again mm-hmm. uh, re- released from the, the from the Chiefs, but you still see Schwartz on social media uh, wants to make Kansas City his home. Is still you know doing rehab here at Arrowhead. So I mean, there's still definitely a, a possibility that one of them returns. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, we, I mean the Chiefs study to shore up the offensive line. They really need to add one more wide receiver. I would have liked to have seen a, a second tight end that had some NFL experience, but all those guys keep going other places, and you know obviously it doesn't hurt the defensive line or maybe a, a somewhere at linebacker to get somebody. So the Chiefs will need to draft well because honestly, Steve, there aren't that many high-end free agents left. There's still a few, but nothing, you know. I haven't seen the Chiefs link to anybody seriously that's still left. I have a good feeling that uh, right here on KC Press Box, so week after week, we're going to be continuing to talk about what moves the Chiefs are making as we get closer and closer to uh, next season and another run-it-back opportunity, hopefully, for hey, the we're Chiefs. We're only a few weeks away from the draft. It'll be ready. Where is it at this year? Uh, LA. Where is it? Is that I think it's LA again. Okay. Um, all right, let's switch gears. Um, this time, March Madness, uh, really March, um, literally when it comes to craziness, it was the ugliest first two days I think I've seen in basketball Hang when on. it came to. We got a live look at our brackets here. You ready? It was over there. There was no money to be made when it came to the March Madness. I mean... It was ugly. What the heck happened? We did pretty well, though. I mean, we got nine of the yeah, 16. But, That's pretty good. But just looking back at some of the games, poor yeah. KU gets knocked off. I mean, yeah. it was just... 
It was ugly. It was man. drunk even more so than normal. Um, I've got lots of takeaways though. Let's go through some things here from. Just keep it simple because it was everything. It was ugly. Yeah. Well, the Big Ten. First of all, I'm a lot of people. Well, some people know this. Some don't. I am a Big Ten homer. I went to the University of Nebraska. I'm a Nebraska basketball fan, which was a horrible life decision. Only team to ne- in the Power Five to never win a tournament game. But the Big Ten was absolutely. Maybe, probably the worst showing of a conference in NCAA history. You get nine teams, Steve. Nine in the tournament. There's one I was left. Say there's one left here. In the Sweet 16, we're not talking the Final Four, there's one left. There's one left in the Sweet 16 out of nine. Absolutely embarrassing. Ohio State was absolutely embarrassing. Purdue, pathetic. Pac 12. Now, I need to eat some crow on this one. I talked a little trash last week in this space on the Pac 12. Yes. They shocked me, man. I'm going to give the Pac 12 credit. That's, you know, for the the Big Ten being disappointing, the Pac-12 was equally the opposite end, you know, and spectacular. They've got four teams in the Sweet 16, four of their five That's that made incredible. the tournament. That's really good. Are still alive. Two of them play each other. We'll talk about that in a bit, so there'll be at least one less come the Elite Eight. Um, the old adage kind of came true again, and that's the teams that finish red hot they're dangerous going into the tournament. Um, you know, the teams that had to make the conference tournament, that had to win the conference tournament. True. That you know, less like, breaks, less time off. But let's look at Oregon State. How incredible has Oregon State been? I mean, they were what fifth of the five seed yeah. in the in the Pac-12, and then you go to uh, Ohio U, who won a game before losing the second game mm-hmm. last week, and you go to Oral Roberts, who somehow what was not the number one seed in their conference somehow is in the sweet 16 an uncertified Twitter that they, they <laughs> sent out is how is oral Roberts men's basketball team not even certified yeah. when it comes to that and they've got like 7,000 followers on Twitter how do we get that blue check mark yeah. man as Syracuse same thing yeah oral Roberts reminds me a little bit remember a couple years ago the same thing was it yeah two years ago last time we had a tournament remember a UMBC no. Baltimore County the 16 seed beat Virginia with the retriever logo um, now some other takeaways you and I, man, we got to be feeling pretty good about our Baylor pick. You, you, you cut some of that game against Wisconsin, Baylor, they looked unstoppable. They really do. Baylor looks really good. Just like we said even last week, we said, is there a team? Uh, maybe it's Oral Roberts. But is there a team that actually can beat Baylor? Right now, I still Maybe don't it's see. Oral Roberts. Ba- right now, I don't <laughs> see anybody. But I, right now, I just see them straight money to win the whole thing. Another straight money. The Big Ten's lone team that's still in there. Michigan, even without Isaiah Livers, their second best guy. That might be another dark horse. I, I told you on the show last week that that would have been my national championship pick had Livers not gone down. Um, but there, man, that guard play and Hunter Dickinson down low, Michigan, don't sleep on them. We'll talk about them and preview their matchup against Florida State here in a bit. Poor Kansas, my last two main takeaways from the first week. Poor Kansas ran into a juggernaut. We pre- we correctly predicted, uh, we said right here that Eastern Washington would cover that 10 points and, and, yeah. and give Kansas a battle. They did that in the first round. And then Kansas runs into... USC, who the other night, I mean, Baylor or Michigan, Gonzaga maybe could have beaten them. That's it. Maybe three teams in the country beat sure. USC. You're 10 for 15 from downtown, and you know the twin brothers are, are going off. It was tough. And then one thing I will say, one of the biggest disappointments for me individual player-wise was Oklahoma State's Cade Cunningham, the, the freshman who averaged 20 a game, the point guard who's tall and, and fits the bill. The length is there and the athleticism of possibly being the number one pick in the draft or definitely a top three. I, I'm going to go ahead and mark it right now. He is a complete bust at number one. If I have the number one pick this year, I'm trading. I'm getting rid of that pick. I don't want him at number one. All right. Let's um, let's talk now upcoming games. Okay. Um, kind of figure out where you feel, you know, if there is another upset or if you think somebody could maybe possibly go on a run. Uh, let's start things off. Oregon State versus uh, the small, small, small 
school in Chicago. Um, is the lady there still Sister anymore? Sister Jean is there. Sister I didn't Jean think she was there. I knew she was alive, but I didn't think she was going to travel. She she's there. She does. Did you see her prayer by the way that she gave? No, I missed like, that. Like I read the text. It was funny. It was it was. Can we say cute on the show? Yeah, you can say. It was something like you know an old nun that says cute. She said something like, "We're going to make fifty percent of our layups today, and we're going to win." I'm like, Sister Jean, they got to make more than fifty percent of the layups. <laughs> the question is, are they going to continue the party? Ready. Hmm. Well, this game, Oregon State and Loyola of Chicago. So first of all, the line seems too high in this game. It's six and a half. Loyola is favored by six and a half. That just seems too high in this game. We'll talk away during later, but that's one thing that I noted. Now, precision with Loyola. It's just so precision. That offense and defense... Uh, it's tough to go against them, but Oregon State, their head coach, I love the name, Wayne Tinkle. Wayne Tinkle, the head coach of Oregon State. You would. You would. Got that, got that team looking good on both sides. I love their spacing on offense. I love how they how they spread the floor. They, they play tough defense. I think this game, I, from a betting perspective, I would not bet this game. I would not touch this game. I would just watch the game and enjoy it. But I will tell you, I do think that if, if I was, if I was forced to take somebody in this game, I would take Oregon State in the points. Really? Yes. Okay. I think Oregon State's got a, a, a pretty good shot, a 48% chance of winning the game outright. All right, next game, uh, let's take a look. Is, uh, can Baylor, can they get knocked off? No. Uh, they continue again? Yeah, it, it, you know, and, and I'll give us credit. We had Villanova in the Sweet 16. Most people had Villanova going down to the first round. We said not so fast here. Um, but, but but can they beat Baylor? No, then here's the problem. Because Baylor's, you know, the threesome of guards. Baylor's just, and they got that kid off the bench that's in, incredible too. I mean, they've got four guards. No, Villanova's problem, their strength is their, is their guard play. And they're minus two of their best guards um, to injury. Um, I suppose one might come back from the ankle injury, but one's out with the torn ACL. So I think Baylor wins that game by eight, eight to 10 points eight at least. To 10 points. All right. Next up, Oral Roberts, Arkansas. Come on, tell me Oral Roberts can continue it. They're verified. They're certified. They're ready to roll. Can they roll again? No, Ugh. no. Or, or, but, but I would have said the same thing against Florida, but no, I don't see this. I mean, Arkansas is, is a good solid team. Um, the spread is 11 in this game, by the way. So, but I, I don't know that they cover the 11, but I think Arkansas definitely you're wins. You're normally never wrong when it comes to things, especially when picking the teams. But this one, I really do hope you're wrong. I hope Oral Roberts continues this streak. I'm fine with that. For content-based, I mean, you can't not love an Oral Roberts team you know, to continue. a brief minute there, we had the dream of Oral Roberts and Moorhead State. That, oh. was, that was a possibility there to Moorhead State lost in the first game. All right, how about a, another fun game, Syracuse and Houston? Who wins this one? Wow, Houston, talk about luckiest sin. My goodness. Um, Syracuse and Houston interesting game um i will say houston had one of i should have mentioned this in some of the takeaways i'd say houston had one of the most embarrassing efforts of the tournament there in the second round against Rutgers. they won the game but that was pathetic they looked absolutely we didn't mention texas either texas was didn't it look like pause this game for a second going back to the texas abilene christian yes didn't it look like texas was like throwing the game some of the time what were they doing like seriously what the hell were they drunk Anyway, sorry. I just had to get that in there. Too much Gatorade. Yeah. Houston and Syracuse. ADD's kicking in here. Um, You know, Houston gets that lucky miracle against Rutgers. Syracuse, meanwhile, cannot keep shooting three-pointers like this. It's it's, it's interesting seeing. Fun to watch. They are. Buddy Beheim, the coach's son out there, shooting, you know, shots from the logo at half court and making them left and right. 
uh, and, and an upset over West Virginia, a really good and tough West Virginia team. I, d- I think this is one of those games where Houston actually, I'm not going to bet on this game, but I think Houston comes out and they, I could see Houston actually beating them soundly because it, it's just Houston played, they're a good team and they played so bad last game that usually these kind of things even out, they'll probably come out and play well. So I do like Houston. All right, next up, uh, moving to Sunday's games. Uh, Zaga, can they can they keep it going? Are they going to make it all the way to the Final Four or not? What's going on? They're taking on Creighton. Uh, they absolutely will. But this is something I bet a lot of people don't realize this. So as a Nebraska guy, Creighton, of course, in Omaha. Did you realize, Steve, because Creighton's in the tournament like every year pretty much. They are really. Would you actually. be shocked if I told you this is their first time they've ever made the Sweet 16? No, because you, when you think of March Madness, that name is always... That team name is always brought up. But wouldn't you think they would have made a Sweet 16 before now? You'd hope. I mean, but they haven't. This is their first Sweet 16 ever for Creighton. So um, the first Elite Eight, no, not going to happen. Gonzaga, way too strong, in and out. They win the game by 12 to 15 points. All right, next up, um, UCLA, Alabama. UCLA and Alabama. Um, Some money, baby. I, Alabama, wow. Talk about impressiveness against Maryland. And if, and if you want a, a dark horse national champion contender, dark really? horse, but the big three we talk about all the time are Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan. Michigan. Alabama would be your fourth national championship I would love to see contender. that. I'd like to see that. Alabama, how impressive was that against Maryland? I, I believe Alabama will cover the six and a half in this game. Could we come back and talk about this game at the end on the lock of the week? Could it be included? It could be, but maybe not what you think. Maybe there's a different part of the game I like. But UCLA's, by the way, been really impressive too. But We're trying to make you some cash, all right? You skipped one, by the way, too. Florida State and Michigan, we got to get oh, to. Oh, sorry. It. Florida State, Michigan, yes. Um, Florida State in Michigan. Now, this is the game I'm looking forward to most the entire second round. Um, and I'll tell you why. Um, well, Oregon USC is up there too. But this one probably is my number one game. You've got Leonard Hamilton, his Florida State veteran team that goes 10-11 deep. I love the pressure defense they play. I love they do some pressing. They're experienced. Um, they're not great at scoring the ball, which I think will ultimately be their downfall against Michigan. But they're uh, it's a dogfight when it comes to Florida State. Then you got Michigan on the other end. With Hunter Dickinson, who is absolutely incredible down low there. And Michigan's got the tough guards. I love Jalen Rose, the coach of Michigan. You remember him at the Fab Five back oh, in the yeah. day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember when they called timeout. Chris <laughs> Weber called timeout against North Carolina in the national championship, and they got the technical and lost. Anyway, don't mean to bring up bad, bad <laughs> memories for our Michigan <laughs> listeners. But in this game, Steve, Michigan wins this game. But I am very looking forward to watching this game. All right, one more to talk about. Uh, you brought it up. USC, Oregon, uh, who runs away here? Man, neither of these two. The battle of the Pac-12. So both teams have two to three NBA players per roster. There's a lot of star power in this game. Oregon, of course, has got Jorte and Figueroa and Omarui. And then USC's got the Mobley brothers. By the way, I would take the Mobley brother, number one, over Kate Cunningham, FYI. Um, But in this game, the hot, the chalky pick, especially around here, chalk, for Uh those who don't know what that means, means the popular, what most people are going to do, the field, whatever. The norm. Yeah, the chalky pick would be USC because of what people just saw them do to Kansas. But a couple things to remember. Number one, this is not your typical Kansas team. True. This is, this is, Kansas was a three seed in name only. They were really a five or six team talent wise. Um, And number two thing to remember is that Oregon has the much better coach. I would take Dana Altman all all day over Andy Enfield, the coach of USC. Oregon's got that NBA talent, Dana Altman. I'm going to go ahead. I don't feel real comfortable. I, I'm not putting money in this game, but okay. I do believe that Oregon will win that game. No Iowa trip uh, for me to make with you on Sunday? I'm thinking, 
I'm not. Well, we'd have to go before that because the games are Saturdays. So now we may need to talk about maybe a Saturday morning trip up. You got any plans Saturday morning, by the way? Not yet. Because uh, we do have a, uh, a lock of the week here that we'll get to in, in a few minutes that uh, I would like to bet on. All right. This is a uh, part of the show that we really try to what we what we call the Sportsbook 101, where mm-hmm. we try to drop some knowledge for you um, to make the right decision. So if you are making that trip to Iowa, if you're thinking about uh, possibly placing uh, a legal bet, how you can make the right decisions and some things to think about. So this is our uh, Sportsbook 101. Let's make you some money. It's the Sportsbook 101 with Dave O. All right, Steve. This is our last week of focusing on college basketball okay. in the Sportsbook 101. As we mentioned last week, the three we're not going to tell you things that we don't know quite a bit about, that I don't feel comfortable. I'm not going to teach you things. that It's, it's irresponsible. So we're going to focus on college basketball. We're going to focus on Major League Baseball. And we're okay. going to focus on the NFL as far as sports investing on the show. But this is our last week of college basketball investing with with a lesson. And this also, this lesson today, um, is actually applicable to football okay. as well. Obviously, you can't do this in baseball, but this is a, a this is a college basketball and NFL. You can even use this in college football if you decide to wager on college football. So what this is, is we're going to talk about second half bets today. Okay. Uh, and there's two things you can do with second half bets, with second half bets. You can add more money or you can offset a bet to try to get out of it. Let me explain what I mean by both of these two things. Now, first of all, Steve, a lot of people, when they go to Vegas, if, if you're just out there to have fun, you want to throw 20 bucks in a game and, and, you, and you don't want to watch Which it. Which a majority of the people are, and there's nothing wrong with that at right, all. You're probably you have less of a chance of winning, but if, if that's what you want to do, I'm not going to stop you from doing that. But if you want to actually make money, this is why, Steve, and you make fun of me again when we're in Vegas, you like to sit in the sports book for like half the day, but also then you'll like the entire day. And you're always like, dude, come on, we got to go uh, see a yeah, show. Loud Luxury was loud performing. Luxury. I had VIP. I was behind the, you know, yeah. all you could drink. Chainsmokers, man, then get us up oh, on stage. Yeah. And I'm like, well, but Steve, you have to watch the games. And this is where it comes into when you're betting on sports and when you're investing, especially if it's a good amount of money and you're able to be inside of a sports book or a state where you can bet second halves, I always highly suggest it. Now, not only do you want to watch the games because obviously you want to just know for next week or next game what you're seeing with your own eyes. Your own eyes can tell you so much. But also for games as they play, if you watch the first half, if you're watching a game, for example, um, and you see a team really, really struggling in the first half, right? So let's say you're you're taking a, a team that's favored by six or eight points let's, in basketball. Let's talk about two years ago, Nebraska. Uh, do we have right? to talk the, about that? Tons. We saw in the first half tons yes. of missed free throws. Oh, like 20. 20, some. So at that point, that's when we probably should have used uh, a halftime bet yes. to help get some of our money back. Yes, that was, that was I don't know, we had to bring that game up. But you always bring that game perfect up. Perfect example. I have nightmares about that game still. But if you're watching a game and you see a team that normally, let's say, shoots, I don't know, you know, they're close to a 40% sure. three-point shooting team and they shoot like, they go one of nine in the first half. Typically, that stuff's going to even out in the second half. If you really believe in a team or if you, or if you, or conversely, if you're watching their opponent, their opponent's raining in threes, right? Their opponent's playing way over their heads. Typically, that's not going to be something that can go on for 40 minutes. That's not something that generally happens. So there's a way that you can add money to your bets. If you, if you watch it, there's always a second half line. So if a team's up three, or something, or down four, you know, whatever they're favored by in the second half, you would get that. So there's that. 
um, as far as adding money. Now, also something I want to teach you about is offsetting. You just mentioned, like you said a second ago, uh, if, if, if you're betting on a game and you feel very not confident in, in the result, you're watching it and you're saying, man, there's no way in hell this team's going to win. I made the wrong, I'm on the wrong side of this game, which does happen sometimes. You watch, you know, all the analysis in the world, sometimes they get out there and play and sometimes you didn't realize something, uh, the, the, something about that team they don't match up well or somebody got hurt or sure. whatever it is. There are ways you can't always do this. But for example, let's say you're betting on a team that needs to win by four points and they're losing by five at the half, right? So they're down five. They got to win by four. A lot of times you'll be able to match it up or the second half, they might be favored by seven and a half or eight. And then in that case, that means that Vegas expects them to win the game by three. And if you have them at four, you can then put money on the other side and offset it. You would only have like a one point so window. Lose less money. You basically just lose, or the, break ju- you lose the juice basically is, is what, yeah. You, but there's ways that it, it doesn't always work, but there are ways if you do the math, if you ever want to get out of a, out of a game, if you're very, I don't advise doing this a lot because typically you want to let it ride. We don't come in into investing to try to break even or lose the juice, right? We come in to win. So if you make good sound investments, good sound picks, you shouldn't have to do this too often. And I wouldn't advise doing this too often. I'm just letting you know that second half bets can be a game changer. You have to watch the games so you know what's going on, whether to add or some situations. I'd say one out of five bets you can get out of at halftime because of the way the halftime score ends and what the spread is for the second half. And if the spread for the second half gets you right to where the line is for the game, well, then you bet the other other side and you can get out of it if you want to. There you go. A little Sportsbook 101 knowledge, dropping the knowledge. Uh, but this is a part of the show that we really try to uh, give you that what we call the lock of the week. So before that, let's do it. Let's make you some money. Time for the lock of the week. All right. So last week, one and one on our locks of the week, the LSU pick was a spectacular success. Mm-hmm. They had to win the game by two. I told you they would. I told you I was, I was very confident. They won that game by double figures. It wasn't even close. Good game. Made you that money last week. We were incorrect on Clemson last week. They missed the spread by three points. Played absolutely awful. They should have definitely covered that game, but it doesn't matter. They didn't. So we went one and one last week. This week, I'm only giving you one lock this week. Okay, one lock. Last week, it was two. This week, it's one. The lock, Steve, is, is a teaser. You didn't even put it on my rundown, by the way. Did I not give oh, you that? No, I wanted oh. to know what it was. Now I'm intrigued here. Oh, okay. So it's not on the rundown. Okay. So it's a two-team, five-point teaser. Do you understand? Okay. Should I explain Ex- what a teaser is? Explain the teaser game because it can be a little bit confusing okay. if, you're never, uh, if you've never done a teaser before. So a teaser, the way this works is a teaser is different from a parlay. Let's explain a parlay too while we're at this. A parlay, when you, so there's, when you go to a sports book, right, you can, you can wager, there's lots of ways. You can wager on the individual game on, on the basically 50-50 bets, right? You can choose one of the two teams to win by whatever the point spread is or keep it with, you know, if you're betting the favorite, they got to, so if the spread's minus six, it means the team that you're betting on, if you're betting on the favorite, they got to win by six or more. If you believe that the underdog is going to cover the six, you take the underdog plus six. Those are both 50-50 bets, basically. They pay out what you bet minus the juice, right? There's that type of bet. There's over-unders, which is the exact same thing. Um, you know, combined points, you can go over or under that, which is, again, a 50-50 payout. Sure. But then there's other bets you can take. There's parlays and teasers are the main ones. Parlay is if you want to put those individual bets, like I just said. Let's say you want to take two or three teams together. Let's say you wanted to take the other day, you just decided to take LSU, and you decided to take Kansas and Clemson or sure. whatever. If all three of them, it, it's all based on odds on a parlay. So if you bet three teams that are you know on the normal game lines that are 50-50 lines, basically is what I call them, you would get six to one payout. So you'd bet 100, you'd make 600 if all three of those teams win by the by the 
point spreads or if you bet three over-unders, if you got all three of those right, you would win six to one. If you bet four of them, you could win 10 or 11 to one. But the problem is with the parlay, if you miss one, you lose the bet. So you've got say, to, the you, more the games, you've got to hit all three. The more money, yeah. but also the you easier lose one. Lose. Yeah, you, that, that's gone. not happening if you lose one. No. Yeah, and and by the way, on a push, just so you're aware, because this did happen to me last week. By the way, we should talk about that real quick. On a, on a push, I had a I had a five team parlay that I was going to hit. I hit the first four legs of a parlay last week, and then the fifth game was that Oregon VCU game. Remember oh, yeah. VCU got COVID, so I ended Which, up. How do you not win in that situation? Well, I still won. Just became, it became it went from a five to a four. It essentially was a push. I think okay. it's just considered it no bet. Like it's the same thing as a push means if you bet on somebody by six and they sure. win by six it's no bet no, no one they either have to no win by loses. seven or not so yeah but it, it just went from a five team to a four team so i made 400 less dollars because of that stupid i mean there's a chance oregon could have lost and i would have lost it all but i'm pretty confident they would have won that game especially when you see what they did against uh iowa but that's a parlay the five to one or you know the, the, sorry six to one ten to one on and on now a teaser which we're talking about today is you pick anywhere from two to five teams i would have usually advised no more than three max right but a teaser allows you to pick two teams, Steve. So, for example, I really like Baylor, right, like you do, mm-hmm. to win the game by seven. Okay. Or at least to win the game, right? Sure. And I really like Alabama. They're favored by seven, right? Okay. But I'm not super confident they'll both win by seven. I know I know they're both going to win the game. Sure. Right? But I'm not 100% on the seven. But I, but the, I feel like those are safe bets. So what I can do in a teaser is I can choose to get five, five and a half, or six points in my favorite. So what happens? You pick two teams at five point teaser. It pays even money. So if you bet a okay. hundred, you win a hundred. You you pick uh, five and a half points on a teaser. It pays like minus one twenty. So you lose okay. a little bit less. You only make you know a little bit less than that. You pick th- you take the six points in a teaser, and it's like minus one twenty five or one thirty, depending on the sports book. Which means to make a hundred, you have to bet one hundred and thirty. To okay. make two hundred, you got to make bet two sixty. On and on. So this week a, a teaser works by giving you those five points either direction. If you like the underdog, you get an extra five points. Sure. If you like the favorite, you can take the spread down five points. Drop it down to five. Two or three games, however you want to take. Now, it's the same thing as a parlay. It doesn't pay you the same odds because you're getting a whole bunch of free points. But if you lose one, you lose the bet. But if you make, if you win all the teams in the teaser, you make the money. Okay. So this week, my teaser, I, I really like a teaser this week. And I'm going to go ahead and just go ahead and say, let's just go ahead and, and do, let's just do five-point teaser this week. We don't need the six. We'll okay. do five. It gets you around even money, depending on your sports book that you go to. Um, we're going to take Baylor. That gets the Baylor game down to minus two. Okay. And we are going to take Alabama. That gets the Alabama game down to minus two. So we need Baylor and Alabama to win at minus two. We're going to put the teaser in. Baylor, Alabama, and a teaser. The spread should become minus two. or It could move by the time you hear this. The lines move. So it could sure. be. You might be able to get one or both at one and a half, too. So if you're locking it in now. It could be, yeah. One and a half or two. So get that locked in. Baylor and Alabama on a tease. Baylor and Alabama on a tease. It's free money. They both win. You make the cash. All right, there it is. Uh, Thank you again for checking out uh, show number two. We've got a ton to talk about uh, when it comes to next week's show. Obviously, we'll, we'll always have your Sports Bet 101. We'll have those lock of the weeks to make you cold, hard cash. But also, Davo, next week, mm. tons and tons. I know you're about excited about this. The Royals preview. The Royals preview. 30 minutes of Royals preview. ALC to talk about. Just tons and tons of Royals talk. It all is next week. Yeah. And don't forget, kcpressbox.com. Make sure you subscribe to all the different places there. kcpressbox.com. Tell a friend you can subscribe on there. kcpressbox.com. And somebody tell us, how do you pronounce Lamoni or Lamoni, Iowa? Somebody, yeah. somebody hit, that, email. hit that up on the website, too. You can shoot us an email directly directly into the show. Uh, Let us know what to talk about.
talk about. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Peace. Peace.